to hear your word, to understand your word, to act on it, mix it with faith, so that it can accomplish much in our lives. Your word really is all that we need. Uh, we were born of your word and your spirit, but the spirit follows the word. And so we thank you, Father, that as your word goes forth, it does great and miraculous things in us, causes us to be born of your spirit and really, really who we need to be and who we're called to be. So we thank you for that. And we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Amen. 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 God is good. Amen. Turn to somebody and say, it's okay to be you. Isn't that wonderful? Praise God. Amen. (laughs) Amen. And it's okay for you to be you, for me to be me. Amen. (laughs) Praise God. Because that's okay with God. Amen. Amen. The word accomplishes much and uh, we need to put more confidence, I think, in God's word because of all that it does and all that we can expect that it would do in the earth. And so the word of God is very powerful. Uh, it's it's really the foundation of all things in this earth. That's why it's so difficult for the carnal mind to understand spiritual things uh, because outside of the word <clears throat> there is no comprehension, understanding, wisdom, anything like that. It all comes from God's word. So today we're going to talk about the fact that the word won't say, I couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. The word will never say, I couldn't do it. Amen. I couldn't do it. In <laughs> Isaiah 55, if you'll turn there, it's a familiar passage to many of us. Uh, for many of us, it has great significance in our lives. I know it does in mine uh, because of <clears throat> some of the things that were accomplished in my life through understanding the restoration work of God. Uh, in uh, Many people refer to Isaiah as the book of restoration, and it talks about Israel, uh, God uh, restoring Israel and restoring people to himself. You know, when we talks about Israel, it's people of faith. Those are the people that he's speaking of. And so with people of faith, he is doing a great work of restoration. So in Isaiah 55, if we'll start in verse 8, it says, For my thoughts... Now, thoughts really are composed of words, words and pictures, right? When we think, we think in images sometimes, but words really describe what we see and what we think. He says, my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, says the Lord. He says, your ways, the things that you think are important, the things that you think you should be spending your time with, those things are not mine, says the Lord. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven, and don't turn around and go back upwards. See, God is not the author of confusion. He says, but the surety that you understand that concept with, he says, and waters the earth, makes it bring forth bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return to me and say, I couldn't do it. Just as sure as rain and snow fall and keep falling to the earth and do their job. 
See, rain and snow have a job to do. They water seed on the earth. Without that water, the seed would never bring forth bud. It would never grow and it would never be a a tremendous plant and a tremendous blessing on the earth. So he says, really, it's the snow and the rain falling down to get this action started. And he says the same thing, the word that goes out of my mouth does the same thing. It gets the action started everywhere in earth. It gets the action started in your life. It gets the action started in everybody's life. It gets the action started in a job for you. It gets the action started in a house for you. It gets the action started in a good bank account for you. His word does all of that and more. And so he says... It will never return to me void. It will not come back to me empty of what I purposed it to do. It won't come back and say I couldn't accomplish it. It won't come back and say I failed. If we think about it, Jesus is the word made flesh. Everything that was said about him came to pass. Not one prophecy about the Messiah did not come to pass in Jesus Christ. So he never failed at anything. Never failed. He always accomplished what the Father set him to do. When the going got tough, he got tougher. The Bible says he set his face like a flint. You know what that is? A flint is the end of an arrow or a spear. So it was sharp. And it was pointed in a certain direction. And woe be anything or anybody that got in the way of it. You got me? So just like an arrow pierces through and goes to the desired target, that's the way Jesus lived his life. He didn't live his life uh, wasting time and squandering things. And he was always about his father's business because the word was driving him all the time to do what the father wanted him to do. So the, the Bible says my word, it goes out of my mouth and just as sure you can bank on it. You could take it. You can make book on this. If you plant my word in any situation down there on earth, it will will produce just like rain and snow cause crops to produce down here on earth I don't care what kind of crop it is it can be a weed crop it can be a I don't mean weed like <laughs> see I found you see Nike yeah can we talk <laughs> my girl Joan I felt so bad about her but I was so thankful she spoke up about Israel when nobody in our government would she did she's a very bold lady I, I just appreciate you know when you get to be a certain age you don't have no time to mealy mouth around and mince around so but anyway um, we we know that God's word is just as sure as rain that's what it's just as sure as rain just as in you we observe what rain can do all the time we observe that it causes when you when when winter is over whatever snow there was that has melted into the soil you know that's what keeps us from being a desert the fact that we have snow in the winter and it keeps the soil nourished there's a a covering of dormant water on top of the earth here so that it keeps the earth and the soil ready that's why weeds come up you don't plant them you don't ask for them you don't pray for them and you don't like them but they come up anyway because they are the dormant seed in the earth well 
just as that snow comes down and does its job, when we pray God's word, it will do its job as well. Amen. It will do its job. So the word of God is sure. In Psalm 93, 5, it says the word of the Lord is sure. <clears throat> it is sure. It is sure. Oh, I didn't finish my scripture. Verse 11, he says, So shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It will not return to me void or telling me it couldn't accomplish, but it will accomplish. It accomplishes. The word is what accomplishes things. Not our whining, not our wishing it was different, not our I'm tired of it, not our all of that, but it's the word that will accomplish what it sets out to do and he said it'll prosper in the thing where i send it that means that word is so specific it will bless me it will bless you it will bless anybody that god tells us to bless with his word when we pray the word in situations we are sending sure help into a situation I see people all the time that are worried about this and worried about that and worried. I say, girl, you better go to sleep. But before you do, make your request known to God. Make that, make it known to him and learn how to rest in faith and rest in hope and rest in the assurance that God is on his way with the answer. In fact, he says, before we call, he answers. And while we are yet speaking, he appears. And so all we need is God on the situation and you rest. I'm not saying it's magic. You'll get everything uh, snap one, two, three. There are some things that's going to take some time. There's going to take some effort. It's going to take some growing up on our part and trusting God. You know, anybody can trust somebody for a week or two. But God wants us to trust him eternally. He wants to trust us without any reservations, without any conditions. That's what trust really is. So he says it will not return to me void. It will accomplish what I, and it will prosper in the thing where I send it. It accomplishes and it prospers. What does it accomplish? It accomplishes what it says. If you speak the word of health over somebody, they will be healthy. Because the word won't go back to God and say, I couldn't do it. I'm so sorry. I just, I was so weak on the earth and I couldn't do. No, we trust the word. The more you trust the word, the more it will accomplish in your life. The more that word will work and do for you. And so he says here, you shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. Amen. That's because why not? Because you know the word is at work for you. You can go to sleep while the word works. Amen. You can rest while the word works. You can be assured that it's going to happen while the word works. He said, you just keep holding on to me and I will work for you and I will work in you. That word will change you, change me, it changes everybody. It changes the most desperate, desperate of desperados. 
<laughs> As the apostle Paul said, I was the chief of sinners. He said, I murdered the people that I'm now trying to get. I'm trying to get people converted, and, be, and I murdered them for believing the way I tell them it's right to believe now. And so he had to do a total 180 from where he was. But he understood that it was the power of the word that converted him. The power of the word that was sent to him. How many do you you believe that, that Christians that he sent to death might have said, forgive him, Lord, he doesn't know what he's doing, and cause mercy to come into Paul's life and cause his conversion? You just never know how you're going to get saved. But see, that word that they spoke, even though this man was, he said, breathing threatenings against, he went to different cities with letters to take him uh, to the, the court and have him executed for believing, blasphemy, amen? And so... It, for anybody to believe that man could be converted that was the power of the word that did that that word went to Paul and knocked him off his high horse and stunned him so bad he humbled him he said who are you Lord he said yeah Paul it's me it's hard to fight hard to fight the word ain't it Paul hard to fight this word and that's what you need to believe about every prayer you prayed it's hard for people to fight that word it's hard hey it's just always irritating them in the side he said it's hard to kick against the goads or the pricks i got spurs in the side of all your loved ones goading them on into the kingdom they're gonna get in he said i'm gonna ride in you think your husband's a desperado i'm gonna ride in on that brother's back <laughs> i'm gonna ride him on into the kingdom <laughs> he might think he a bucking bronco but i'm gonna tame him <laughs> hmm? hard to kick against hard to kick against all that very hard so psalm 93 5 tells us the word is sure it's sure there's no uh there's no wavering in it the word is sure of what it's saying the word is sure of what it promises the word is sure about where it's being sent the word is sure about what it can accomplish the word has no doubt in itself see there's no doubt in the word all we have to do is hook up our little our little uh mustard seed of faith to it and go along for the ride because when we put our faith in god's word we have to to take into consideration that god knows the end at the beginning he knows everything and so he already has made provision he's made provision to overcome every obstacle to the word in your life the provisions already made you're not sitting up somewhere waiting on God to make up his mind to come help you he's already made up his mind he gonna help you you understand me he's made up his mind about that already so that's what makes the word sure the word is certain it's already determined the word has determined within himself that he will do what he says he's going to do you just have to keep your faith in it don't withdraw your faith from God's word don't hide your faith from God huh? thinking that he's going to give you something you don't want Amen. 
or it's gonna be too hard. It's gonna what? Well, well, it's what's it gonna cost? You ain't paying for it. He knew that when he put it on your heart to ask for it. I said, look at her with a little cheap self. She just is cute to me. I think I'm going to give that to her anyway. Huh? Huh? Till she learns how to really trust me to pay for stuff. <laughs> no, everybody always looking for something for free. You let somebody start working you and then looking for a, a, a debt cancellation. And you get left without your money. Huh? God's got enough money to pay everybody. Come on now. You gotta, you gotta have a prosperous mentality. You gotta believe that if it's not here right now, it's gonna come. It's gonna have to come. God, if you want me to do what you're telling me to do, it's gonna have to come. I don't have it. And I'm trusting you as my source to provide it for me. So, Isaiah says once that word is sent somewhere, that that is, it goes forth out of God's mouth, it will prosper if it is believed. That word must be believed. So, God is talking here about mixing your faith with his word. So, when we put our faith in God's word, we pick up his faith. You invest yours in him, and you pick up his. All the married people ought to jump up three times and triple triple pirouette across the floor. You jumping up, Prophet Waller? See, that was sounding good, and he ain't even married. Huh? <laughs> yeah, you know, once once you invest in someone, you come together as one, huh? You come together as one because the Bible says the lesser is blessed by the better, and so that's covenant language. So when we go to God with nothing, He says, "Well, just trust me," and you say, "Okay, God, I'm putting my," and then we take on all of what He has and what he is. You know, we hide our little faith from God sometimes. The the, uh, the best example I can give of that is at offering time. You know, especially when you got people in that, you know, scared. And just like the wind gets sucked out of the... And that's everybody had the wallet, had the purse, had the credit cards, had the... And get sucked out of the atmosphere. Huh? So that's why the preacher, if you're smart, you give them some word. They love the word. Love to hear it. Huh? Ain't big on obeying it, but we working on it. All right. Everybody working on it. Huh? But it's automatic reflex. Anytime somebody says it's offering time, everybody goes. Clap and back away. That's right. Clap and back away. That's as much faith as we give it and take the person back away. (laughs) Well, the first thing sometimes that goes through your mind is, well, I'm going to give this because I need that for this and that for that and that for that, 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 that. 
And so we we hide our faith sometimes from God. And see, we need to put our faith in the word every time it goes forth. See, we can't afford to invest faith in God on some areas and pull it back in others. We got to have everything invested in him at all times. Huh? When we talk about withholding nothing, you know, we love that song. But when it comes to it, we got to think twice about whether we partnering with God or not this time. Thank God he don't treat us like we treat him. Because the minute we come to him in faith, he automatically takes over and begins to move on our behalf. He's a forgiving God. He's a loving God. He doesn't hold our trespasses or sins against us once we confess them. And so we have to understand that God wants to be God for us all the time. And investing in his word is the greatest investment you will ever make in your life. Sometimes we have people to ask us, well, how come these prayers are written down? I said, it makes it easier for you to pray the word. Or you be stuck here with your Bible looking through trying to find an answer for everything every time we do. It saves time. You know, we get all kinds of criticism. I can always tell something's working because somebody don't like it. Huh? Huh? You get in one of them rah-rah churches where they tell you, you know, everybody's great. You have greatness in you and God's going to bless you. Just keep your head up. Keep a happy face. Well, and nobody going to get mad at that but me because I'm <laughs> preaching, you know. It makes me look like whatever, you know. You know, oh, we, we don't want to beat people up with the words. Some people need to be slapped around. It's too many laws against slapping nowadays. Can we talk? You used to be able to whack your kids and they straightened up. Now you got to put them, put them in timeout, put them in this, put them in that, put them in counseling. Then you got to take pills and they got to go psychologist, all this kind of stuff. When, when back in the day a whack got me straightened out because I didn't want another one. They used to be husbands and wives duked it out until they found out who was the best. (laughs) Worked for me. Let's get it on, brother. Huh? Amen. So we made peace. I whacked him. He cold cocked me, though. You know, like, pow. See, I'd have come at him with everything at first if I'd have known it was going to be like that. But then I said, you're the best. You're the best, baby. You're the best. You're the best. (laughs) It's the truth. See, ain't enough spanking and slapping and stuff going on now to keep everything in line. (laughs) You know, see, I can tell when people been sitting under this new age stuff too long. She's making fun of domestic violence. If you'd marry that brother, 
and get God on him, he wouldn't slap you half as much. Y'all shacking up. That's the problem. The devil running everything. was free profit waller you you better put some more in the offering you getting that much out of that word come on now get that much out the word my goodness <laughs> I like that huh <laughs> everything's so serious nowadays you know you gotta have you got laws for this and laws for that and i like judge judy she's People come in there. Well, we were living together. We, there's no rules for you live together. So what? If you were married, it'd be a different story. But just living together, that's not my problem. I can't help you. <laughs> I can't help you. You on your own. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> so when we put our faith in God's word, we become one with him. We take on his faith. You you must believe this. It's not just, and you need to have more confidence in your own faith, but faith in God's word. That's where the real power is. Now you can put faith in natural things, but I'm telling you, this natural world is moving all the time. Amen. Everything that's here today will be gone tomorrow. <clears throat> there is already faith on God's word. Once it was placed in somebody's heart and they wrote it, there's faith, there's faith on the pages of the Bible. If it were so, this word if it weren't so, this word would not move you to believe it. Huh? The word of God moves you on its own to believe it. It's much more precise and accurate when God uses a vessel that He has chosen to preach it to you. But this word in itself has faith on it. God's word has his faith on it all the time. It's not dead letter. It's living substance. It comes alive even more when it is believed. So God's word is like no other words you hear. You got me? It's once his word is believed, it stays with you. It stays with you. That's why backsliders come back to God. That's why people who uh, said they wouldn't go, go to church no more wind up at somebody's doorstep begging for God. Why? That word won't go back to God and say, I couldn't save them. I couldn't keep them saved. I couldn't get them back in church. I couldn't do. That word is going to work on them forever. So it's not dead letter. It comes alive when it's believed. Our faith really does not make it come alive. It comes alive to us when we mix our faith with it. Amen. But what we are doing is we are affirming our faith affirms the life that is already in God's word. Our faith can read it like a, a, a like radar. When you get up and you start reading God's word and you, you, something will tell you stop and think about this for a minute. That word is, is mixed with your faith and you affirm the life that's already in God's word. Your faith says yes and amen to what you see on that page. So yes and amen merely affirms the life that's already in that word. 
Word of God is like no other word. That's why you don't worry about people brainwashing somebody and indoctrinating somebody and in, in influencing. I hear people say stuff like, well, you know, I raised my child in the church and he got in with the wrong crowd. Well, if you believe that, maybe you the wrong crowd he been around. Yeah, I said it. I said it. Any parent who would take their child to church and not have any more faith in what you put in, what you've been taking them all their life, and then all of a sudden somebody, the wrong crowd, going to just take your kid away. You take that devil to the mat. That's only one fall. Let me give two falls. Three falls. Want another one? Huh? <laughs> it's true. Wrong crowd, nothing. Huh? <laughs> Your kids should have their own crowd. A crowd of witnesses, a crowd of angels, a crowd of helpers. People, people backslide and go to bar and find somebody else from the church sitting up in the bar next to them, or <laughs> get scared and start preaching to each other. And then want to run back to the church and tell it. Guess who I saw? Well, I know I wasn't supposed to be out there, but they shouldn't have been out there. It makes them run right to the church. Angels put the scare in them. They go somewhere and think they're getting away with something and then find somebody, another believer out there. Scares you. (laughs) But God's word, because it already has the faith of God on it and life on it. When we affirm that life, then we receive the benefits. That's when you receive that word for yourself. You say yes and amen. God, I want that. God, I thank you for that. God, I believe that's going to happen for me. That's what I want and that's what I desire. No other word is like the word of God. No other word is like that. I don't care what you've been taught, where you've been taught it. You don't receive it like you do the word of God. You can you can get teaching. You say, for instance, something like evolution, where people come up with a different idea about where where the way life was created. I went to a Catholic college, and they taught evolution there. And the science teacher who taught it would laugh about people who believe God created the world in a Catholic school. And so I started listening to that and I thought, well, maybe that is silly for for us to believe that because look at all this, all these scientists, you know, like you're holding them in high esteem. But I'm going to tell you something. When the devil started hitting me with depression, I didn't call on Darwin. I didn't call on evolution. I called nothing. I called on the name of Jesus because that word was planted in me. That word never left me, and that word would not go back to God and tell God I couldn't accomplish saving her soul because she had been taught some other stuff. Other stuff went out the door quick, fast, and in a hurry. Amen? So our faith will not make evolution come to pass. You can't mix your faith. I don't care how much you believe in it and how much you think it's right. It can't make that work. 
It can't make the world go back and be billions and billions of years old. It can't make some big bang happen that caused everything to happen. Amen. Those ideas are easily refuted. But faith in God will cause whatever God says to come to pass. So really faith in concepts and ideologies are, are merely man's faith in an idea. It's not faith in anything real. It's not the substance of faith. It's man's faith in an idea. God's faith is in himself. So instead of you putting your faith in an idea, you can put your faith in a person who can do something for you, who is still alive, who still loves you, who is all love, who is all forgiving and all knowing. So when we put our faith in the word of God, we put faith in God bringing his word to pass that faith in God will cause that word to come to pass if it's hold, held on to and believe now what the enemy wants to do is to talk you out of believing it by orchestrating circumstances around you to get your focus on natural things and get your focus off of what God tells you heavenly things it's called a distraction And if we get distracted by the distraction and don't stay focused on the main thing, we will retard our growth in God. It will cause the the promise to be delayed to us. It will cause sometimes loss to occur because we are diddling around looking at other things and considering other things. That's why God calls what he gives us a promise. It's not just an idea. A promise is something that's sure. A promise is something that will happen. And a promise is something if you hold on to it, God will bring it to pass. So God's word is backed by his power and by his faith in himself. He don't put his faith in us. I'm going to say it again. Why would the greater try to get less by the less blessed by the lesser? Come on, y'all. It's, you know, people say things like speak it into existence. You don't have no such power. Everything you utter must be ministered over at the throne and praise God for it. Because we be sending out some raggedy requests. We be sending out some hateful I don't like this no more. I ain't going to do nothing. Thank God he ministers over your words. And don't cancel your whole program. Hmm? Well, I just don't care no more. And just to show you I don't care, I'm going to do something real stupid. And Jesus just said, listen, come back when you mean business. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Come back when you're ready to warm it up and talk to me like you know somebody. Huh? (laughs) So we have faith given to us by God to direct our lives. That's what it's for. And it will direct your life. You can be directed by everything in the natural realm. Or you can be directed by God in his supernatural provision. So if everything that we do, actually everything we do is by faith. It's either by faith in the seen or the unseen realm. 
And so your your best investment is to take your eyes and your desires out of the scene and put it over in the unseen where it pays the biggest reward and it pays the biggest dividend. The unseen is where all the power is. The unseen is where your help is. The unseen is where what he has for you is and the promise that he has for you is. Since everything we do is by faith, we need to direct our faith in the area where it will prosper us most, and that is in the unseen realm. We all have hopes and desires, and faith works to bring them to us. So faith is the agent and the power that we direct outside of a situation to bring correction, to bring perfection, to bring hope, to bring love, to bring joy, whatever it is we desire to see, there is a promise in God that will assure us that that will come. There's nothing that's that's upside down in your life that God won't put right side up and even better. Amen. He'll do it right side up and even better. <clears throat> So faith works to bring what we hope for and what we desire to us. God is jealous for us. He is jealous to have first place. He is jealous to have um, uh, license and freedom to bless us the way he sees fit to bless us. You've got to believe, though, that what God has for you and desires for you far exceeds whatever it is that you could ask or think. Other than that, you won't trust him. Huh? You'll be doubting. You'll be, you'll be doubtful, grudging, holding back, trying to figure out. You know, because you, you have to believe the rightness about God. You, you gotta have the right idea of who He is. And that comes through His Word. You've got to believe what God says about Himself in His Word, what He will do for you. Other than that, you'll be afraid to ask him for anything because you're scared he's mad at you about this because, you know, I wasn't doing that right. Now, what, what, how many times are you going to say you ain't doing it right? Amen. Amen. See, true repentance says, you know what, I'm wrong and I sure don't want to do this again. You understand what I'm saying? It's like the Holy Ghost whooping. You know, I don't feel good. When I do things, when I sin, I don't feel good about it. It's not like I'm just going to run off. Oh, I'm sorry, God, run off and enjoy my goodies and and come on back and let's have some more. It ain't like that. The life with God is not like that. You want to please him. You don't feel good when you disappoint him, when you displease him. Get so sick of this fluffy relationship. This they don't. They really don't have relationship with God. You know. You can get doctrine out of anything. You know what many people have that they are are preaching as relationship really is doctrine. You know, doctrine is it's something written down that you believe and you got to do and you think it's better than what other people believe. I'm gonna say it again. But see, people. You keep spouting it over and over and over because you think it elevates you to some high lofty place because nobody else believes this like I do. So you can have your doctrine void of relationship, but I'd rather have relationship any day. You can have a good marriage and not even understand what the word says about it. <laughs> 
all you got to do is love somebody and not hold back. Yeah, I slapped him and he slapped me and we loved each other. Oh, wow, that went away. Everybody hide from that one. It's coming at you anyway. <laughs> oh, grow up. <laughs> Well, I wouldn't dare. I wouldn't dare hurt my little wife. That's wonderful. I hadn't grown to that point yet. I. Where was I? Isaiah. We had relationship. We didn't have doctrine in our marriage. We had relationship. <laughs> relationship trumps doctrine any day. <laughs> You know why? Because it in relationships invites you to the person that you're talking about. You ain't just talking about somebody. If you understand you have relationship, you know the person you're talking about. That's how, you know, people in the back in the old days before they understood the word could get people healed. You know, they understood God was a good God. And if we can't go to him for this person's situation, where can we go? God, please come and heal so-and-so. And they got them healed without doctrine. All the books and tapes and, you know, now everybody on the Internet all the time and no relationship. Anything to keep you out of relationship. (laughs) I'm telling it anyway. (laughs) We have more experience often with natural things because they're temporary. Praise God. You two, why don't you two gentlemen come in here and sit, please? That's very distracting for. Come on in here. None's going to bite you. You ain't going to sleep. I ain't buying that story no more. Let's come on in here. Y'all got to help the preacher now. Let's let's get the, get the show on the road here. Praise the Lord. Glad to have you. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. It was kind of distracting. I keep seeing people moving and it gets to be more and more. I'm thinking, what's going on over there? So praise God. Anyway. <clears throat> but we have more more uh experience with with uh worldly things, temporal things, because they're changing all the time. It's pretty entertaining to people for changes. Change in the spirit is invisible. Well, you got to perceive it spiritually. You got to be more tuned in to the inner than the outer. But if natural things changing all the time weren't entertaining, why do you think them people stand in line to to get the first eye, whatever it is? Huh? Because it's a change. It's something new. I got to be the first one to have it. And so the devil keeps us focused on natural things because he keeps you entertained with natural things. All these people with the ice bucket challenge. I caught somebody on there. Uh, somebody. Now, don't friend me. Right. Don't. <laughs> Don't don't friend me and think I'm not going to say so. He woke up, huh? Got your back. Oh, 
I'll do the comedy around here. Okay. <laughs> nah, you all right. Brother Waller, you know I love you, but praise God. But that was good, though. That was good. That was good. Pastor Gigi gave you your props for that one. Praise the Lord. Now, what was I saying? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So so check this out. I see somebody on there that, that's in the ministry. You know, my friend. They friend, sent me a friend request. I said, oh, really? <laughs> you want to be my friend? <laughs> okay. So anyway, they're on there in a little video they made. Uh, I'm t- I, mean, I don't want to do the challenge, but I will take this $100 bill. And I'm going to give it. This is my $100 bill I was going to do and so and I typed on there. Send that $100 bill to the Ministry of the Watchman, Church for All Nations, because you ain't been in about four weeks. But I'm pop. <laughs> we waving no $100. I mean, I'm your friend. Oh, really? <laughs> Friends don't let friends throw away a hundred dollars. That hundred dollars could do your groceries for a year if you plan it right in God's kingdom. You understand what I'm saying? Don't play with me like that, y'all. So y'all can delete me right now if you don't don't send me nothing you don't want me to respond to. <laughs> I sure did. I sure did. You get involved in stupid stuff like that and the world's going to hell. How dare you? And most people don't even know what ALS is and ain't thinking about it. Don't care if anybody ever gets better from it. It's just the next new thing to do. To look crazy. Just the world feeding you stuff. You know, getting lets you know how carnal your ears are. You stay glued to what the world does. Now, some they they had some little kid on there, a uh, uh, special needs kid, and they put urine and stuff in a bucket, and he thought he was doing the ice challenge. You understand? You this way, this because it comes from hell. You got me. So let hell have her toys. You stay with the word, because we got important things to do. The word of God is working to bring change, permanent change, down here on the earth. And that's one of the reasons the enemy doesn't like it, because the changes the word brings are permanent. He can only play around in a temporary sandbox. God owns the universe and his sandbox. So our changes become permanent. The things in this earth are subject to change, and that's why people fear failure so much. Fear of failure is very common. People will count the cost. What does it mean if I step out in the word and this doesn't happen? Or if I believe God and that doesn't happen? All this kind of stuff. And so it's because we're trained to think and fear failure more than to fear success. You need to be concerned about succeeding. Say, God, suppose this does work out for me. Huh? My life will change 100% if this word works the way I'm asking it to work. So the prince of this world orchestrates changes through the curse. 
everybody who is not under the kingdom of God is under the curse and all who are under it are subject to its laws and its laws include failure so that's why you can you can be excited about somebody's you know uh uh Beyonce dropped her CD and it sold billions well Beyonce had invested in God's kingdom I got news for you she ain't gonna have it Huh? In fact, it's got wings already, just waiting for an open door to fly off and take away. Huh? You know, you you have to watch these things because we get trained to watch what the world is doing and not spend in, invest enough time within to understand what God's doing in His kingdom. Amen. So when we, the redeemed, put our faith in God by believing and being led by His Word, we operate outside of and superior to this world system which includes the curse of the broken law see we break the law we have an advocate the curse is canceled you don't you don't fear any of that kind of nonsense that's why you can go straight through in confidence and not worry about making mistakes as long as you're invested in God if your trust is in God you're not wondering is this going to work out or if I do this what's going to happen if I do that what's going to happen you that's 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 carnality that's the world's mental system when you take on God's faith, God has every confidence that his word will come to pass. All you want to do is what step do I make first in agreement with this word. There's always a corresponding action to the word when it's planted on the inside of us. So the word will lead you to the promise. It will lead you to God's best for you. It will lead you to reconciliation and peace and wealth and health and happiness and wholeness and all those things soundness in your mind and your body all of those things so the world system of moving things around to keep us frustrated and defeated is broken when we invest in God's word ask God to help you not be so trained to notice the things that are going around going on around you things in the natural that are helping we can break out of that earthly, worldly uh, place and move into the kingdom of God and put our confidence in him and his word and his ways. Have confidence in God's ways. Don't let people come up to you and all of a sudden tell you uh, stupid things about, well, you know, you don't have to spend so much time in worship because all you got to do is, no. I did that and they, I was called a sinner when I did what you're talking about doing. I'm going to say it again. All these shortcuts to everything and minute Bible and minute scripture and one minute with God ain't going to do nothing for you. Not when you're giving the devil 23 hours out of the day. A minute with God ain't going to do much for you. God wouldn't be God if he took the scraps of your life. No, he's worthy of first place. He demands first place. And you need to be man and woman enough to give him first place in your life. The word of God is the most powerful force on the earth. That word wakes you up every morning. Well, you know, I set my alarm clock. Uh, 
Take it out there. What's a what's a cemetery around here? What's the uh, popular cemetery in Detroit? Woodmere. Take it out to Woodmere. Take that alarm clock out to Woodmere. I don't care how many jingles you put on it. You can put as many ringtones on there as you want to. And see who's going to get up. And you didn't get you up. Uh, well, you know, my, my tight bladder gets me up. But well, you wouldn't have a tight bladder if God didn't create that for you. It was just time for me to get up. Right. God's word holds the universe in place. If it weren't for God's word, you couldn't count on the sun rising every day and going down at night. The sun stayed up 24 hours a day. It would scorch everything around here. And you'd be delirious because you couldn't get any rest. So God orchestrates it so that we have day and night. Day and night. As long as the earth remains, day and night, summer and winter, hot and cold. That's a promise of God, folks. That's a promise from God. And he keeps his word and we don't hardly believe it. He keeps that and we don't have to put any effort. Oh, I believe the sun's coming up. Just go to bed. Because you ain't going to do that consistently no way. So we ain't dependent upon you. But he does that by himself. He don't need your help doing that. But you need his help bringing his word to pass in your life. The word compels us to obey it. I said compels us to obey it. Why? Because it's overwhelming evidence of the goodness of God. See, you get convinced, and, and God's not even trying to convince you. Huh? David said, where can I go to get away from God? If I make my bed in hell, he's down there. If I go up to heaven, he's up there. He's just everywhere. Compelling you to obey him for your own good. God doesn't want us to obey him so he'll feel more like God. He feels the same about himself all the time. Huh? He feels like God. He feels like he's powerful. He feels like he's loving. He feels like he's running stuff. He feels like he's okay about everything. We're the ones with the identity crises all the time. Huh? His word, that word compels us to obey it. You don't have any choice, folks. You need to look at it that way. You know, uh, I would choose not to serve God, but, you know, you barely want to get it out of your mouth. Why? Because you're so compelled by overwhelming evidence of the goodness of God and what he can do for you and that there is no other besides him. You know, I hear people, Christians, running to visit in a mosque and moved away from Christ. You know, and these are people that know the word, know God. God's done things for them. Looking for anything. I say, what you visited in there for? I hope the devil chased you out, whipped you up. Huh? (laughs) This is what you need. Huh? You found out God was a good God. Go visit Allah for a little bit and see what he do for you. Huh? 
when you was coming to a Christian church, you could sit beside your husband. You can't do that over there. Huh? <laughs> God doesn't care how we feel. His word will still compel us to obey it. Hmm? And the word continues to work in us because the word cannot go back to God and say, I couldn't do what you sent me out to do. Will not do that. Will not do that. God has such confidence in his word himself that he makes promises to weak humans. He never considers our condition. He never considers our, 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 you know, sin and how much we've done. And where he offers, he has that much confidence in himself that his word will make the change that needs to be made. If we'll put our confidence and our trust in him, the backslider returns to God because God's word won't say, "I couldn't do it." Huh? Criminals get saved because God's word won't say, I couldn't do it. Huh? Nations are changed because God's word won't come back to say, I couldn't do it. I can do it. Cities are changed. Your prayers are answered all because of the integrity of God's word. You put your trust in him one time. And don't deviate. And see what God will do if you put confidence in him to bring it to pass. You don't bring nothing to pass. You don't speak nothing into existence. And thank God you don't have that power. Because you don't have enough wisdom to know what to speak, when to speak. Nobody does. Only God does. Huh? Here's another doctrine. You know, just confess the word and you'll give you everything you want. I don't think so. There's an altar that that word's ministered over. And there's an intelligent Father, Son, and Holy Spirit watching over. You think they make letting you confess, speak stuff into existence? I don't think so. God's way too smart for that. Way too smart. He holds that privilege for himself and nobody else. That's what it means to be God. He says, you trust me and I'll bring it to pass. You put your confidence in me and I'll do it. You pray to me and and receive my peace and know that it's on the way. That's how it works. And you go through life rejoicing. Suppose you had to keep confessing, confessing, confessing to make something happen. Most of us couldn't do it for long enough. Huh? You couldn't do it long enough. So thank God he doesn't honor works. Huh? He honors faith. He honors confidence in him. His word will go back and say, look what I brought into his life. Look what I brought into her life. You don't get glory for this thing. He gets glory because he'll bring it to pass in its due season. Huh? It's a season for everything. You know, I know people, they, they, everybody declaring a season. I decree and I declare. Go shut up. Because you can't even pay your own light bill by yourself. When you can light up a whole city with your words, then you come and decree and declare. I'm done. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise God. (laughs) Thank you, Father. Lord, we thank you for your word and for what you've deposited in our hearts. We have confidence in you. 
Your word will not return to you without accomplishing what we pray today, what we pray every day, and what we say that we're believing you to do for us. And for those we're praying for, for this city, for this nation. We believe great things. We're not doomsayers. We're not trying to buy food for the end of the world. But we are looking to you, the author and completer of our faith, to complete these things that you've given us to do. And we thank you for it, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. If anybody needs prayer, come on up and I'll pray for you. And then we'll have our lunch. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Praise God.